All right. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we are bringing you your very first Friday news roundup. So this is where members of the team get together. We sit and chat about what's going on in the news and kind of hash it out. It's Friday, July 8th, 2022, and I am lead producer Sonia Cho Swanson. We've also got... Scott Dickensheets, newsletter editor. Producer Layla Mohammed. And we hope you enjoy the show. All right, you guys ready to get this started? Let's do it. Yep. Layla, what's our, what's our first topic of, of discussion today? So our first topic of discussion today is kind of a grim one. Something that's been on my mind a lot has been the violence over on Fremont Street. Um, there was a shooting on June 19th that my sister actually witnessed. That one was fatal. A 23-year-old victim, they arrested a 16-year-old shooter. And then over this past weekend, July 4th, there was another shooting that stemmed from mm-hmm. a fight, spilled out onto the street. No arrests have been made in that one yet. So that's kind of been what has been on my mind, on all of my family's minds. We frequent Fremont Street and that downtown area a lot. Mm. So we can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Fremont Street was known for being exactly family friendly, but it is a tourist hotspot. It is a place that you go kind of for fun and you don't expect to see violence of that sort break out. Scott, what's your take on this? Why do you think we're seeing this rash of violence now on Fremont Street? Uh, Well, I suppose the sociologist, you know, the latent sociologist in me would blame the pandemic and the long tail of all the isolation. And you see that through all levels of society. And there have been, you know, the hot take industrial complex has written tons about Hmm. how sort of the the long term anxieties are still have people rattled. And a lot of people who who might have been close to violence are now sort of being nudged over that line. Yeah, it's interesting, too, especially when it comes to Fremont Street, because there's, like you said, Sonia, it hasn't always been the safest place. But there are a lot of local families that go down there just to walk around and see the canopy, the light show. And something that I thought was really interesting that Mayor Goodman said is that to hopefully improve this, they're beefing up security and improving lighting, which I never thought was an issue with Fremont Street, the Fremont Street experience. It's under a huge, it's under a huge light show. So I think it's really enforcing that curfew because there is a curfew in the city of Las Vegas for those 18 and under already. um, On on Fremont Street. Yeah, on weekdays, it's 10 p.m. And on weekends, it's midnight. But I've never seen that enforced. I used to go to Fremont Street in high school and walk around, just hang out, and no one would ever stop me. I hardly ever saw security down there. So right. I think security is a big issue, and that enforcement would be interesting to see if they would actually enforce a 21 and up curfew. Right. Like, are they going to be walking around carting people? Like, how is that going to work? And I also wonder how the presence of more security is going to affect the vibe on Fremont Street. I mean, it is like a very, there's a very a Wild West kind of element to Fremont Street that I think characterizes it. And uh, to what degree that security will make people feel more safe or less safe, I think will be interesting to see. I want to make sure that we get in kind of the context of this topic is that 
Las Vegas Mayor Carolyn Goodman proposed a curfew for those under 21 on Fremont Street because after meetings with city staff, the metro, hotel partners, the common concern was around underage people fighting and participating in this violence. Yeah, yeah. I think some of it is just a numbers game. I mean, you have all these different people swirling in and out of Fremont Street at any given time. And at the peak hours, you don't know who's going to be there. And a lot of times it's, you know, mostly people who don't have violent tendencies. But sometimes those folks are going to mix in regardless of whatever filtering mechanisms you put in place. Right. And maybe the underlying question here is also just about our permissive gun laws in Nevada. I mean, uh, you are allowed to have a weapon on you and you could, if you have the license, you could carry that onto Fremont Street. So that does seem to kind of add tinder to the situation. I mean, you wonder how the 16-year-old got a gun. Right. And not only did he kill the 23-year-old, but he also shot a bystander um, Uh. who lived. But it's still scary to think about. You're walking around Fremont Street and a fight breaks out and you're in a crowd and then you get you get hit by a bullet. It's it's terrifying to think about. Yeah. Yeah. So is this giving you second thoughts, the two of you, second thoughts about going to Fremont Street? I don't think it's going to deter me from going to Fremont Street, honestly. I've been going there my whole life, but it does get scarier walking around down there. Me and my sister went recently and we made a point to just get into the restaurant we were going to and then leave the area. And so it's kind of disappointing, but just because of its place in Las Vegas and Mm -hmm. I still find so much enjoyment in it, I don't think it's going to deter me from going. Clearly, the fact that I haven't been down there in a few years suggests that I don't have like some sort of compelling need to go down there a lot. You know, I can meet, I can, I can fulfill my yard-long margarita needs anywhere. But, <laughs> but I think periodically I do like to go down there and just like sort of refresh my sense of of human wildness or weirdness. Just like walking through the crowd and there's, you know, all the buskers and all the, you know all the cosplay capitalism going on and everything that's, you know, just a mad swirl of people, which in some way I think is refills some, some deep aquifer that I feel like periodically I need to, I need to take care of. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I feel like the Fremont Street experience is like the epitome of Vegas kitsch, mm-hmm. right? Which people love to hate on. And I think that we as Las Vegans love to kind of wield in their faces like, oh yeah, yeah, we're kitsch. So what? You know, and I think in that sense, the violence on Fremont Street kind of hits at the core of of what we treasure that is weird about ourselves, you know? And I might add that there's always the element or the the sense that anything can happen down there Mm -hmm. is in some small way that people may not even want to admit to themselves part of the attraction. You never know what's going to kick out in front of you. And and you don't want it to be, obviously, nobody wants it to be violence. But that sort of like edge of uncertainty and unpredictability is part of... You know, it's like a secret part of its appeal. Okay, guys, weirdest thing you've ever seen on Fremont Street, go. I was going down there a few years ago, and they were standing on the corner of, of Fremont and Las Vegas Boulevard was a very large guy wearing what appeared to be a skirt made out of Yeti fur. It was like a white oh furry goodness. skirt, and that's all he was wearing. <laughs> Perfect oh, attire right. for the FSE. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't seem out of place. Yeah. No, everyone's at home there. Um, Weirdest thing I've seen. I've seen a lot of 
really intense cosplayers down there. And <laughs> obviously you get the like the Spider-Man and the superheroes that take picture with people. But I saw some like some KISS band member cosplayers down there. Um, and the believability is what shocked me. Um, but I think the cosplayers are... I don't know if it's the craziest thing I've seen, but off the top of my head, it's one of my favorite things to see. Just people going, dressing up on Fremont Street. And they weren't even there taking pictures with people. They were just walking around. Uh-huh. Okay, the nice. scariest thing I've ever seen on Fremont is thousands of, of supposedly adults singing along to Living on a Prayer with the uh, with the canopy. <laughs> it's like, come on, people. <laughs> I might have been in that crowd. This is, civ- this is civilization. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to say that I don't know if I would call this weird, but I do recall at one point walking down the street and seeing, I think that like well over half of all the buskers were like showing butts. It was just like it was a butt day for whatever reason. It was just like all the butts were out. Maybe the weather was really good. But that's just what you see on Fremont Street, right? Mm-hmm. There's just all manner of attire and dress and undress. So and it's just it's fine. It's normal. It's normal there. Well, you would also mm-hmm. see that at a, a strip day club. So <laughs> Also fair. Yeah. Also, also fair. Well, we are keeping Fremont Street experience in our thoughts. We hope that whatever decision the city takes, they make one that prioritizes the safety and the well-being, but also the enjoyment of mm-hmm. its visitors and the people who live here. Exactly. I would love to go on Fremont Street again and not be too scared and just be able to have fun and enjoy it. But still preserve sort of that element of human weirdness that makes it so appealing. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Well, let's pivot a little bit because this is our very first Friday News Roundup. And not all of our listeners will know who we are, Scott and Layla and me, Sonia. So I was thinking we could kind of share our Vegas origin stories. I'm curious to I think I kind of know what yours are, but I'm curious to hear like the details sketched in. Scott, what is your Vegas origin story? Uh, Probably fairly typical. Um, I came here when I was nine years old. My father was a civilian mm-hmm. engineer who worked for the Air Force, and we were stationed. He was uh, working in New Mexico, and he was offered mm-hmm. two jobs, one here at Nellis and one at some facility in Green River, Utah. And my mother, who had never been to Las Vegas, had been to Green River, and she said, we're going mm-hmm. to Vegas. And so <laughs> we ended up here and um, lived in a trailer park for a few months and then uh, you know, moved out to Henderson and... So I've been in, I've lived a suburban Las Vegas life uh, as much as sort of a, a downtown urban Las Vegas life. Yeah. Well, Henderson is quickly becoming, I would say, quasi-urban. So true. You're, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're about to be up. a real city slicker, Scott. <laughs> what about you, Layla? What's your, well, uh, what's your, I should say, Vegas Valley origin story? Yes. So members of the team have made it clear that it's not typical to be born in Vegas, but uh-huh. I was born and raised here. My dad's from L.A., my mom's from Michigan, and they found their way here um, and met in Las Vegas working at Sunrise Hospital, which is where mm-hmm. I was also born. I've moved and lived all around the valley, North Las Vegas, Summerlin, Centennial, um, and now I'm back in the comfortable spot in Henderson where I have went to high school. And yeah, that's my... That's my Vegas origin story. I went to college here, University of Never Leaving Vegas. <laughs> I've learned to love it. I went through the phase of hating Vegas, wanting to get out, thinking that nothing was here. But through, mm-hmm. I think, work and college, 
I've learned to love the city again and really have pride in being born and raised here, which is what a lot of people who are born and raised here make a point of saying that we're from here. We're the original Las Vegans. Well, not original Las Vegans, but we were born here. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Sonia, what about you? Uh, So actually, Scott, similar to you, I've got an Air Force Connect. So my dad was in the Air Force for his whole career. Uh, We moved around a ton my whole life growing up. And then the last base he was stationed at, uh, this is now 20 years ago, 20 plus, was Nellis. And so we came here when I was in high school. And um, yeah, I remember we were driving in because we actually drove cross country from Virginia to Las Vegas. And we're driving in. My, my mom looks up and she sees the first billboards at the edge of Las Vegas. And you can imagine what they looked like. <laughs> right. Yeah. And my mom just was like horrified. She was like, what am I bringing my young teen daughter to see in Las Vegas? Like, what kind of place is this? <laughs> But of course, eventually, we grew to fall in love with Vegas and stay. My parents retired here, and they still live in Las Vegas. And uh, I went away for college, but came back uh, after a few years of traveling and so forth and reclaimed my 702 phone number after living in Korea for a few years. But I'm very proud of the 702 at the top of my phone number. Your billboard story reminds me of the time uh, my oldest son saw his first cocktail waitress in um, in fishnet stockings and he was like seven or eight and he like turned on his heel to follow her and like the long arm of dad had to reel him back in (laughs) there's some things about growing up in vegas kid that i need to teach you now (laughs) yeah right (laughs) that's right that's right yeah it's interesting thinking about all of the things that i've seen growing up here that's kind of like oh like i don't think i've I don't think I remember learning what strippers were. I just always knew. And so it's interesting to think about all of the things we learn in Vegas just by seeing it. Yes. We we do get exposed to, I think, a lot of specialized knowledge here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up this newscast with a little bit of feel-good news because we had to start off with a little bit of heavy news. I want to hear what news is making you feel really good this week. Mine is kind of kind of personal, but once you hear it, you'll see that it's main entertainment news. I got the pleasure of hearing that a friend is having a big ticket fight at Madison Square Garden against, I and I hate that we're, I'm mentioning him, but Jake Paul, who is a name that many know. Um, wow. Hasim Rahman Jr. I grew up, his little sister is my best friend, love his family Aww. to death. He's a heavyweight professional boxer. He has been in the game for a long time his whole family is like committed and so he's fighting Jake Paul so I'm I'm expecting a good fight I'm expecting a nice knockout so I hope Las Vegas can rally behind him and show him some support as he makes that journey to New York to hopefully bring bring home the W oh my god that's amazing since I am aware of who Jake Paul is I am definitely rooting for your friend yes Hassan Rahman Jr. follow him on Instagram look him up Ever since I've known him, he's very serious about boxing. And so it's going to be interesting seeing how Jake Paul um, matches up against him because Sim is serious and he's a serious fighter. And I'm 
I'm really rooting for him. I hope I wish him the best and I wish him safety and all of the success. Oh, Layla, us too. That's amazing. Layla, when is he when is he debuting? What's the date of the So the, the fight, of the fight? Yes, the fight is August 6th and it's on it's in Madison Square Garden. Admittedly, I don't know how to watch I think pay-per-view. Okay. We'll figure it out. Yes, but we'll figure it out how to watch and um I'll be posting probably about that on social media. But yeah, support support our Vegas family. There we go. All right, we'll put it on the CityCast socials too mm-hmm. once we figure out how we can watch it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Scott, what about you? What's your feel-good news of the week? Well, I just read this morning that the school board is talking about tightening up its rules for public meetings, limiting the amount of time that people can talk and when they can talk and so on. And you know, if you've ever watched or listened to a, a school board meeting, you know, it's like the Fremont Street experience of public meetings. It's like there's always, you know, buskers of one kind or another, believe me, free range oddballs, just people who, you know, shouting out their QAnon theories and so on. And just like this this gush of, of like ill-considered rage. And so I think anytime you can sort of limit that, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with all of that when it happens in a place like Fremont. Because that's a, mm-hmm. sort of the public square. But when it happens as a, you know, as a duly elected body is trying to do the public's business, I think a little of it goes a long way. So I hope the school board will find that happy medium. But I'm glad at least that these things won't stretch on for five hours, six hours, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. with, with people just bellowing their pet theories and their rage. Yeah, we need that. <laughs> we need that. Yeah, they'll vote on those those, you know, new guidelines uh, sometime in uh, August. Okay. okay. Well, we will follow up on that and find out find out more. Yeah, fingers crossed that helps them helps them along yeah. with getting stuff done. You're here. And what do you got for us, Sonia? Uh, so I actually, my item is actually a sports item, even though I am not actually a sports fan. Wow. I know. My partner is. And so the NBA Summer League just started yesterday at UNLV, and it's kind of exciting. I am learning a little bit about how basketball works. So apparently the NBA Summer League is a little bit different. There's like faster games, more fouls, a little more energetic because they're trying to pack in a bunch of games. So I'm excited to start watching the Summer League and learn a little bit more about the game and also just have some fun, you know, going out to a bar and watching some Summer League stuff and knowing that it's happening here in Vegas in uh, our hometown feels extra special. I actually just saw that tickets to the games are actually only $40, which is pretty affordable. So Mm -hmm. I might actually try to go to one. Yeah, that sounds fun. That sounds like a fun summer outing, um, especially for basketball fans. Right, right. And for someone like me who is a very newbie basketball fan, it's a very low investment, which is just right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and sports uh, events are always more interesting live than they are on TV. Sort of the physicality of it, I think, compensates for not knowing a lot about the, the niceties of the game. So I think you'll have a good time if you do go. Well, mm-hmm. we'll make a team outing of it if you guys are interested. <laughs> yes, that'd be fun. Get a little preview of what it would be like if we ever did get an NBA team in Vegas. There we go. Yeah. All right. Um, thanks, you guys, so much. This was really fun. Uh, round of applause for our first news roundup, you guys. Ooh. Ooh. This was fun. Thanks, Sonia. Oh, thanks, you guys. I had a lot of fun, too. Yeah, me too. So that is all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Our lead producer is me, Sonia Cho Swanson, and our producer is Layla Mohammed. Our newsletter editor is Scott Dickensheet. Say hi, Scott. Hi, Scott. <laughs> our hosts are David Bigler and Vogue Robinson. Music is by OG Moose. We love you, OG Moose. 
We record this show on the traditional homelands of the Nuwuvi, the Southern Paiute people. If you enjoyed the show, please go tell a friend. Seriously, go tell them about the show. Rate the show. That's right. Go leave us some stars. Leave us a review on any platform you like. You can also subscribe to our wonderful morning newsletter. It's chock full of events and fun stuff. And we'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Take care.